Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw in. Ah, yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 20 of Stick Signals. Thank you all so much for tuning on in. You great race fans. I can't believe it's episode 20 already. It's been a, been a blast, and we have plenty more to come. A lot of great episodes. Uh, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Mick. Mick, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. How are, how are you doing on, like, day number 48 in the same hotel? Just absolutely... Yeah, it's not fun. The sad part is the Outlaws had three races this past weekend. We had five scheduled, and they raced more than us. There's a problem there. <laughs> Mike Warren, you were at those three races. How are you? Doing good. Doing good, my friend. Finally glad to be home. Let's put it that way. You know, get a nice week off to refresh before we head to our northern swing coming up. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, I was kind of shocked when it's like, okay, we had a three-day weekend. Wow, we raced more than Summer Nationals. Did that I agree with you. That doesn't seem right. No, it was... Honestly, uh, with, you know, with the way the schedule is this year, Mondays and Tuesdays off, obviously, uh, yesterday was our off day. Today's our off day. Uh, it's definitely, you know, different and it's fine. But when you add the rain outs to it, it's definitely not fun at all. So it's been a, uh, you know, same hotel every day, same everything, just kind of watching the rain every single day. But hey, nonetheless, um, the weather for this week looks great, which we'll talk about here in just a few moments. We will. But since, uh, you know, I beat you three races to two last week, I think we should start with the World of Outlaws and we'll talk about the Firecracker 100. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of go in order here because I think we're going to talk. Well, let's put it this way. If your name's Brandon, it was a heck of a week. It's true story. We'll, we'll start with Thursday night. Brandon Shepard picking up his 71st career World of Outlaws win in the first 30 lap feature at the Firecracker 100. And it was a, you know, it was a good event and the track was slicker than a lot of people expected. But I I'll tell you what, the one car looked like it was back to form on Thursday, and it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it really was. It looks like Brandon looked very comfy. It's like the comfiest he's ever looked in that machine. It was good to see Brandon run that good. Uh, and yeah, you're right. If your name was Brandon, you're definitely you definitely had a good weekend. And you just got to look at the finishes. Brandon Shepard had such a phenomenal weekend in that Rocket House car. Uh, and and one guy that I really want to talk about, guys. I know. Um, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but it's Spencer Hughes. Spencer Hughes had such a good weekend as well. We talk about him debuting in that PCC Motorsports car back at Circle City with us. Uh, that wasn't the best showcasing, but he made the feature, and then he went to the Dream, and then now he's one of the Outlaws uh, this weekend. Finished fifth that first night. Like Spencer Hughes, 20 years old out of Meridian, Mississippi. That, that, that was phenomenal to see. And also Chris Madden with a good second salvaging that first night. So it's kind of like Madden and Shepard are kind of pretty even right now. That is the case, but all of them – are chasing one man. Brandon Overton, again, wins Friday night, wins yes. Saturday night, his third straight win in 100 lap features events. I think the only race he's lost in the month of June, I may be wrong, but I'm just exaggerating, but was, you know, Thursday night where I think his tire choice is what burned him. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have been right there. Brandon Overton's just on fire. There's there's no if ands or buts around it, and he was he was good again on Friday and Saturday night, and he didn't start on the pole in either of them. He had to work his way up and pass cars. He really did. And he, he fell back to eleventh there on on Thursday. So yeah, just a bad choice, but definitely learned from that uh, mistake the night before. And that wasn't the car that he raced at the Dirt League Model Dream. That was a different car. So it just goes to show that you know you put Brandon in whatever that Longhorn by Wells program is absolutely stacked. And I'm gonna say it: those Longhorns are are the cars to beat right now. They're doing phenomenal. And Brandon Overton, uh, let's take nothing away from him though. It's it's 
you know, his driver talent. He's very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson said it best a couple of weeks ago at the all-star race. I'm just glad Brandon Overton wasn't here to take my money. <laughs> right. And, and, and teaming up with Wells is really just what like, <clears throat> freedom to just be the driver and show up and drive the thing. And it's working out really well. And he really stressed that on the, on stick signals a couple of weeks ago when we talked to him, how well that thing is moving out or how that, well, that thing's working. I don't know why I just said moving out. Uh, yeah, still, still a little, uh, still jet lagged, still jet lagged. <laughs> But, you know, when he's got some big races coming up, but, but uh, you know, the next crown jewel, another 100-lap race. Uh, granted, bullring racing is a little different than what we've seen from Eldar and Lardenville, sure. but right now you've got to put him as one of the heavy favorites when PDC comes around in about a month. What? Uh, how much money has he won this year so far? Uh, this uh, I'm just going to count the month of June. Uh -huh. It's more than 300 grand. You think he hits, hits a million this year? It's hard to say. That's all, I mean, you'd have to win a lot. but I mean, look, I, and he could prove us wrong. But we have four world one. We have two world one hundreds again later this year. Yep. I have a hard time believing he's going to sweep off, sweep off four nights. Of course, we said that going in, and you know, I. But hey, anything can happen. But there's a lot of good drivers. There's a lot of there's a lot of things coming around. But could he get fifty grand at PDC? It's very possible. Sure. But there's a lot of drivers that are going to be gunning that for that, including defending champion Brandon Shepard. Yep. Yep. That's his neck of the woods too. Well, let's not forget, guys. The last time we were in the state of Illinois with the Outlaws, uh, there was two first time winners, and they were. You know the Illinois bad boys. It was Mike Spatola and Bobby Pierce. Uh, when you didn't go, take you long to bring the thirty-two back into this, but oh, he's right though. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you guys talk about the bull, bull ring racing though in Illinois. Last time we were there, we saw two first-time winners, uh, and they, they were the Illinois bad boys. And, and you know, I got I kind of got to defend them because this is kind of you know my my you know. My, my series, I guess, so to say, is the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and watching these boys week in, week out. Guys, Shannon Babb just put on a whooping at Falls Falls for the first time. Wasn't so exciting, I'm going to say, just because Babb dominated. And we never see that. They're usually side by side. Yeah. You know, it, the photo finish at the end. And Babb won by like a 3.5 margin on the bottom. Like, say someone won in the bottom at Falls is crazy. And uh, Shannon is obviously one of our storylines with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, which we'll touch on here in a bit. But I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say Brandon Overton does not win at Falls. I, he, I, you know, these Illinois bull rings are tough and it's... I don't see it happening here. I, I don't think you're going on a limb on that. And I don't want to get too far ahead because we're going to have a lot more on PDC coming up. But I want to I want to switch gears back to the firecracker again and talk about Illinois drivers to segue. Um, remember when we did those grades about a month ago yeah. and we uh, who we put at the bottom of that? Mm. Yes, I think we need to uh, rethink that. And we need to say we need to send Ruben to the principal's office because <laughs> Dennis Herb Jr., is back. Well, maybe Dennis Herb took our, our creative criticism and uh, constructive criticism. But yeah, he's definitely back on the podium. Two top fives this weekend at Lernerville, you know, including a top three. And um, well, his quote on Saturday night, you know, he and he's a guy. Look, he likes running the bottom of the racetrack. That's the way Dennis Herb's always been. No question about it. He couldn't get the car. You could see it coming out of four. He was just a little bit too high coming off the corner and in lap traffic. Wasn't real happy with Rick Eckert being in front of him, yeah, but yeah. but it allowed Chris Madden to get back by him for a second. Otherwise, I think Herb would have had would have had the spot. But he looked really really good, and he's good in long distance races. He's shown a lot of speed lately. That's exactly what I was going to talk about, uh, Mick and Mike. Uh, Dryden Heat race number three that last night. I mean, Dennis almost had Madden. You talk about Eckert uh, down there in the bottom, uh, or the lap car on the bottom. I, I think if if he wins that heat race, he starts better. It, 
while we watched that feature, the whole dirt car crew, we said Dennis Herb Jr. probably has the best car right now. I think if he would have won that heat race and started a little better, he may have won that race. I'm going to say that, but I'm also going to say this. If Daryl Lanigan didn't have to come through the last chance showdown, I think he would have been a factor too. Yeah, how about that? All the way from 21st, is that correct, to 4th? Correct. Yeah, that was unreal. Daryl had a very good run. It's good to see Daryl, uh, you know, turn around, come back after, you know, the season he's had. It was good to see him do that. Dennis Herb Jr. would finish third. Chris Madden was second. Uh, and Overton in the lead. Uh, Chris Madden, can we just talk about him? I mean, Chris, obviously... We, we just asked that question, what if he were to make those other starts with the Outlaws? Again, race fans, if you're not caught up with that, uh, he has started 23 events. And, and Shepard is your point leader. He started 25, and he's trailing by 58 points. Like, just the what ifs. But anyway, 58-point lead for Brandon Shepard. Chris Madden's doing a phenomenal job. you got to give him credit. We do, and Smokey's been on fire lately. He said, And he said Saturday night, he just missed it a little bit to have enough to beat Overton. And right now, you got to be on to beat him. That's just the way it is. But we'll run through the points as you just mentioned the first two Shepard right now leading Madden by 58 Tyler Bruning still sitting third 216 out Ricky Wise fourth 274 out we have a new fifth place man in the point standings though Dennis Dennis Herb Herb. Jr. the one-man band has now cracked the top five as he sits 320 out he's six points ahead of Kate Dillard and Ryan Gustin sits seventh right now 352 out Boom is eighth 494 out Larson is Brent Larson that is is ninth 566 out and kyle strickler rounds out the top 10 820 out but dennis herb has made some headway and i'll tell you what don't count him out he's not that far behind ricky weiss right now um yeah no i i completely agree with dennis herb jr uh obviously we talked you know when we did those report cards which by the way guys i think it's time to do report cards here in a couple episodes um we're gonna have to reevaluate because yeah dennis herb i talked to heather and them at port royal and they said we did our homework, and it shows, and they're back. So it's going to be interesting, and I think, uh, obviously, we're going to see Brandon Shepard this week on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, and I think Dennis Herb Jr. may come run a couple. I know he always does. We'll see if he does, but, yeah, it should be good uh, here to see how the summer unfolds. But, yeah, you look at that with the top 10, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, right now you look at, I'm going to say 4th through 7th, I think, can change a lot here over the next month. And, you know, we go we go really where Ricky Weiss is probably going to have his best stretch of the season just based off of where we are. I mean, remember, he won at Jackson last year, which is our last or which is our next race on the schedule. Uh, you know, Cade finally got a couple of decent runs ahead of him this weekend. You know, Ryan Gustin, Ryan Gustin might have been primed to win Thursday night until yeah. he hit the berm during the heat race trying to catch Tyler Bruning. And that might have changed things also. And don't forget, Saturday he had to go to a backup car after blowing the motor in hot laps. So, you know. Gustin's seventh in points, but Gustin can easily be back in fifth by the end of next week. It's, you know, a lot of things can change. So there's a lot coming up. But, you know, that'll wrap things up for the Outlaws again. An off week coming up this week. And then next week we're back at us to kicking off the Northern Swing up at Jackson Motorplex, which should be a lot of fun. Hey, Ruben. Uh, Yeah. Do you remember last week? We were talking about Brian Shirley not winning. <laughs> <laughs> the only two races he ran this week, he, he won. <laughs> yeah, that's a good transition there, Mick. Uh, Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Well, five races scheduled. We got two in, but yes, Mick, you're correct. Uh, how about the four-time defending champ? We talked about him. Like, I had not even said his name at all. Uh, and yeah, he wins back-to-back this week. Uh, we kicked things off at LaSalle Speedway. Brian Shirley with a dominating performance i mean he started on the front row uh they did track prep right before the race and i'm telling you brian shirley was absolutely checked 
out that night. Like Shirley did good. Uh, how about my boy Garrett Alberson from Las Cruces, New Mexico? Good second uh, there. Obviously won the Thaw Brawl earlier there that season there. It was a good little race. It went uh, flag to flag, caution free. But yeah, Brian Shirley dominated that night. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a good point. And then Mick, uh, we had a rain out at Spoon, which by the way is now rescheduled uh, later on here this season, July 7th. Uh, that's going to be the Belle Claire date. And then Sycamore, we went there the following night and yeah, Brian Shirley wins at Sycamore. How about this? The fifth visit to Sycamore, fifth different winner with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, and Shirley, well, you know, he made it look easy. Well, I can say when you went to that Sycamore race, to quote Rick Eshelman, you were Sycamore rain by the time he got to that. But, you know, hey, Brian Shirley is going to be good. There's no so, question about it. Yeah, the funny part about that, Rick called us when we were on our way to Sycamore, and he called he called me and Jonathan, and he's all like, you know, it'd be a good post. I was like, what? He's like, if you guys would post, we're Sycamore rain. And he called Jordan, and next <laughs> thing you know, Jordan posted it on the Facebook, and it just went viral. It was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, Rick Rick has all these brilliant ideas. You got to love Rick. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, Sycamore Speedway, Brian Shirley picked up the win there. Uh, Bobby Pierce got second. Ashton Winger would get third, and a good fourth place to Ryan Unzicker. We'll give you the top five. Jason Fager finished fifth. Uh, so so yeah, it was a pretty good run at, at Sycamore, and obviously Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 has been rescheduled for the Friday of that off week, and Jacksonville has been canceled. So the Dirt Car Summer Nationals is off. We return on Wednesday at the Beaver Dam Raceway, Thursday at Davenport, Friday at Juliet, the Route 66 Speedway, and then a uh, Fayette County on Saturday in Brownstown, I Illinois, and then Lincoln on Sunday to uh, celebrate Independence You know who, who sort of struggled last week? I know it was only two races, so it's not a big sampling, but Tanner English, sixth and seventh uh, at, the, at the two races that you ran. Can I just say, though, he here's the thing. One, like you said, two races. I want to – we're looking at the Sycamore rundown right now. Shirley, Pierce, Ashen Winger, Ryan Unzicker, Jason Fager are the five guys who finished in front of him. In Illinois, that's right, not really right, – right, that's right, right. not really a bad five. That's fair, especially for a guy from uh, Kentucky, right? Yeah, Benton, Kentucky. And we talk about the past 16 champions all being from Illinois. He's the, he's the one trying to knock off the Illinois boys. Right. Well, he's still I mean, he's still there behind uh, Pierce by 31 points, I think. So, you know, P Pierce, he had one good finish last week, but he also had like a seventh place or seventh or eighth place finish as well. Yeah, for Pierce, he got a, a second, then he got a ninth at LaSalle. Ninth is his worst finish uh, so right. far here this season. Uh, and before that was a fifth. So he had all top fives until then. He still has all top fives, but that one night at LaSalle. So yeah, Pierce, it was a struggle definitely that night. Uh, when Pierce has to run a last chance showdown, that's never a good thing in a Dirt Car Summer Nationals event. I, w I wonder if Graziano's uh, phone is ringing. On that second night. <laughs> come back, Nick. Come yeah, back. Yeah, no kidding. He's like, yeah, come back. <laughs> he really needs his help. Yeah, oh, I, I think yeah. Graziano was the good luck charm there that first week because Bobby hasn't won since Graziano was on his team. <laughs> You're going to make Nick's head bigger than it already um, is. That's not a good sign. I'm just kidding. We love Nick. But <laughs> it is it is a sharp coincidence at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw him at the uh, firecracker sitting with the uh, campground picnic, uh, the campground contest winners. He was, he was one of the judges. He was playing the uh, the, the slick Woody's cornhole tournament with you guys. We're not going to talk about that. I didn't. I I got beat twenty one to one. Wow. Hey, Ruben, how about Mike Warren being an auctioneer for the day? Yes, I did see the post like that. Mike, how'd that go? I Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a great weekend. A lot of big events between the Slick Woody's Cornhole Company Cornhole Tournament, you know, and the silent auction at first silent auction. Then obviously when we get to the end, things changed a little bit and mm -hmm. the raffle. All the money going to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, all for a great cause. It was a lot of fun. But being the auctioneer for it, the silent 
auction, you know, and the raffle stuff was was really cool. I mean, Brandon Shepard's door panel going <laughs> for four hundred and forty dollars. Wow, that was that was awesome to see. And you know, a lot of guys, you know, it was really cool seeing step up people want to spend money on these door panels. They love them, mm-hmm. and, and it's cool. It looked like a fun event. I was I regret that I wasn't able to go. Was the, saw the overhead from the drone shot there on Dirt Vision and uh, campground looked packed. Everyone's having a good time. So I need to get that off my bucket list next year. Yeah, Learn to Reel is always one of those events that I always wanted to go to, but obviously I'm down here with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. It, it just looks like a lot of fun from the fan atmosphere. Uh, yeah, with all those tournaments and all that stuff, it looked really fun. It was it was cool. I mean, seeing the camp people in the campgrounds all enjoying it and having some fun. Um, they made a pizza for the judges after, the day after, I want to clarify. It was uh-huh. the day after, so it had no bearing on who won it <laughs> yeah, camp, sure. for Camp Swampy Road. But... You know, and pizza was pretty good. Of course, I like food. We all, we all, we all know this. Not as much as Ruben does, but we like food. They they had a pizza oven there in their campground. I think so. Nick and JC got the front row view of that. Wow. I, I was looking at the pictures. I know where all our banners go. People take them for their campgrounds. <laughs> but we also had a lot of good folks from our good friends, Team Drydeen, there yep. this weekend too. You know, they got to enjoy the show. As Madden got close to bringing him a driving win. Which, speaking of team driving drivers, we forgot to talk about somebody on Thursday night. Uh, Black Sunshine finished in the top three, guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Scott did amazing that night. I, I was, <laughs> It was just amazing to see him run that good, and I, I really hope that continues. You know, you always want to see another magical run from a legend in our sport like that. Well, I'm going to laugh at this. So, obviously, at this point, you all remember what happened at Eldora. He rolled in pretty much before, right before hot laps, couldn't qualify on, on Wednesday night at Eldora. Yep. I got there Thursday. I walked around the pits. The zero was already out unloaded, and they were working on it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we got some extra pep in his step running that SRX race at, at Knoxville. Which he did very well in. He did really well in, yeah. But, yeah, I, I tell you, it's always good to see see him do that. I think the, the tough part of the weekend was Dale McDowell not qualifying for the Firecracker 100. Mm. That was kind of surprising. Yeah, when we saw that, it was kind of shocking uh, to see the 17M and the Mac Daddy not qualify. Uh, Dale had a really tough weekend there. He's, but here's the thing about Dale, and I've, I've talked to him about it before. He's very consistent. If he's good at a track, he's always going to finish good at that track if he's not good at a certain track he's just not good at that certain track and he's going to be consistent with it uh it, it was cool to see dale actually make the trip to the firecracker that was kind of a surprise entry on my end uh i don't think we've seen him at the firecracker any times recently but yeah it was cool to see the mac daddy there but yeah a little bit of a struggle for him but you know he'll turn it right back around and chubzilla had a couple of good runs too over the weekend always good to see chubzilla listening to rick when he like announces chub is hilarious too did he get a pull the poll one night no no the only the two slick woodies cornell company quick time awards went to the reaper ryan gustin his first of the season and it was a very it was a fan favorite though on friday night uh two-time learnerville track champion mike norris that's right that's Gideon. right norris. He, he had a good weekend too i'll tell you he's always tough when we go to learnerville no question about it norris was he, he's a young guy. It was tough to get him though, because he was one of the guys that ran with Rush too. Three, four guys that ran right. both. Yeah, this turning a lot of laps to run both those series. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, the Crusher kid's always good there. Um, really good to see him turn it around. And guys, I wrote. I got to go back to the Dirt Car Summer Nationals real quick. We didn't talk about one driver uh, that actually turned it around this weekend. Literally turned it around. Um, 
Ashton Winger. I mean, how about this guy? Yes, it was only two events, but he got a third place at Sycamore and he got got an eighth place at LaSalle. Uh, very limited experience, obviously, he, around this area. And Ashton really turned it around. That that mm-hmm. team regrouped, reorganized down to one car, uh, you know, and, and that team, eighth and third, it's good for Ashton. He's up to fourth in the points. And uh, Bobby uh, has the point lead. Uh, but yes, it's only 128 point difference between him and Ashton and Ashton's fourth. Uh, don't right. count Ashton Winger out uh, by no means here in this one. And, you know, he's we've been saying he, Ashton has showed speed, shown speed this entire time. It's just sort of like putting it together and having luck go his way. And, and he finally did. And it, it showed he was, he's right there on the podium. I can't remember what happened the night he finished. eighth. Yeah, but. So Winger was running pretty good in the top five. He was a consistent car all night long. And then just coming to the checker and he just hit the wall and, and he slipped back towards the end, coming to the line, literally off a of turn four, coming to the line, hit the wall and lost multiple positions there at the end. Yeah, and he, he would finish eighth. So if it wasn't for that, he probably had two top five finishes this week. But a yeah, little little minor rookie mistake. Uh, but, hey, still eighth place, not bad considering all the finishes he's had. His best finish is third, and he's coming off that at Sycamore. His second best was seventh. He had another eighth at Brownstown, and that ties him uh, for his third best finish of the season compared to his ninth, tenth, and sixteenth place finishes. So, yeah, Ashton, I'm going to say he's back in the MB Custom. He's looking comfy. He's looking good. Uh, I don't count him out. It's still way too early in the season. Right, and it seems to be learning his lessons and, and finding that consistency that it takes. to. I think I, I believe that Ashton will get a win before the Hell Tour is over. You know, I completely agree. I mean, let's not forget, guys, this – you know, driver. I'm going to say, I was going to say kid, but yes, kid won 20 K last year at, at, at a Cedar Lake. Remember he passed, yeah. he slide job shepherd as if he was the veteran. And, and that, that was a thrilling moment for winger. Uh, yeah, Ashton did phenomenal last year with the Outlaws, got the Rookie of the Year. This year he's been doing a lot more racing in the Midwest. He wants to get better. He wants to improve. And you could see the improvement already uh, for Ashton. And, yeah, I completely agree with you, Mick. I- I'm going to you know, I'm gonna say this right now. Ashton gets a win, maybe more than one here this season with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. I could easily see that. Well, let's switch gears now. We'll move to the modified portion of things. And, um, well, I think Mother Nature is the only person that's going to beat Nick Hoffman so far in 2021. I mean, bre- breaking news, Nick Hoffman only won two <laughs> races last week. Yeah, that's because Mother Nature won the other three. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature won Spoon, I-55 in Jacksonville. The, the uh, Nick Hoffman is just, man, he is just right now uh, set on absolutely domination mode. That car feels so good. And, and, I, and I got to sit and talk to him uh, this week. And, and Nick just said, you know, if I don't like something, I, I, I just fix it and change it. That's the thing about engineering his own own cars he knows what he's looking for he knows what he's feeling for and he's a true racer and he he knows what to look for and yeah he's just been absolutely unstoppable the question is who does stop him is he unstoppable here this season the one thing i'll say about nick Hoffman, the only thing that might be more exciting than what he does in his modified is what he writes on twitter and we can't repeat three quarters of those on <laughs> yeah, this true story. on this podcast but trust me if you haven't given nick hoffman a follow on twitter you'd need to it's hysterical right i think one thing with with nick is we as racers have a tendency to find things that work and we just keep doing them and keep doing them. And, and even if it starts to feel bad or it doesn't work here or there, well, you know, it worked here. So why, why would we change it? And Hoffman, will con- he's not afraid to throw everything out the window and start over again. He's just constantly working on his stuff. I mean, he's a hell of a driver. He's got really good equipment and uh, unstoppable is probably the word. I mean, when you're an engineer and a true racer like that, you got to push the, you know, got to push 
push it just a little bit and, uh, you know, find different things. You're not going to get better. You're not going to get faster than others. Uh, if you don't push things to a certain limit and he does that, he's not afraid. Um, yeah. So Nick Hoffman just, I mean, what can you say about the guy? He's, he's, what is that? Seven for seven. I've lost count already. I mean, yeah, that's seven for seven. However many races in you're in, he's won. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I know. It just, with the rain, it really messed up my whole like, you know, rhythm here, but yeah, seven for seven. And, uh, by the way, guys, the modifieds do not return, uh, to Juliet. They have Wednesday and Thursday off Beaver Dam and Davenport are only late models. Uh, we'll have the modifieds with us on Friday at the uh, dirt tracker route 66. It's a weird week off for us. I, I say weird, but it's probably, it's a nice and refreshing one because especially not after like remember none of us took a week off with Eldora right. so we've, we've been on the road for four straight weeks I think in the month of June I'm home for I was home for a total of five days one because June 1st and then I left June 2nd then it was two days after Eldora then we were on the road again to go to state line and then I haven't I wasn't home last week so it's it's nice to be uh back in the uh Concord high life again to half quote Steve Winwood there yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was literally, cons- literally, the airport's right across the street from the hotel that we're staying. I was literally this close to buying a ticket to go back home for four days. Uh, but we didn't know Jacksonville was canceled. But man, I just, yeah, I, I feel you on that. The, the, the road life is definitely, uh, it, it's fun, don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's, it's been a grind this summer. And I think it's just been the rain getting to me and then just the heat this year has been so hot. I do think I would probably have a different view on it if I wasn't stuck in an airport for most of the day on Sunday. (laughs) True story. Yeah, you may not even make the northern swing. (laughs) That's how delayed it was. You should start taking trains. I think a train would have yeah. been faster. Yeah, that's 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 just what I need to take a train with Ruben for 12 hours. I'd lose my <laughs> mind. No, I'm saying on the way back. I think a train from Pittsburgh to Charlotte is, well, it's probably right at 12 hours. Actually, no, it's nice. I don't know if you've known this, but on long drives, Ruben just sleeps. You don't have to worry about him. We don't have to do anything. You know, it, it was it was nice and peaceful. Oh, man. Once we ate, I just want to clarify. Oh, yeah, Once some- we ate, we had to eat first. That's what we did after Bristol. We hit we hit the sheets after Bristol, and 30 minutes down the road, Ruben was out. Well, never to be heard from again. Well, it's because the thing is, on me on road trips, I so back home, whether I go out anywhere, I have to drive. I just that's the thing. Like I have to drive, and out here, no one lets me drive. No one. So it's which is fine. I don't blame them. I mean, I guess it's fine. My driving instructor said I was a very good driver, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's all good. Um, I don't know. I just mine did too. That was in 1995. <laughs> I was four, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the elder statesman. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. It, it's all good, though. I just got to drive, and I'll stay up. If, if you put me to drive, I could drive forever. Give me a bag of sunflower seeds. Let's go. Those roads out where you're at, though, are just straight. You know, when I came out and visited you in Las Cruces that one time, I, I, I drove through the desert to get back to El Paso. Like desert roads, like sandy roads. Yeah, you took a yeah, you took a weird route. That was weird. It wasn't even a route. It was just a sightseeing adventure because there's, like, some, some cool geolo- geology out there and— uh, but yeah. Yeah, the, the old volcanoes because we live in a rift. It's pretty cool. I think we've moved yeah. on from racing somehow. Anyway. Let's back, wrap it up. Back to it though. It's you know, we got a week week off to refresh before we get to before we get to Jackson. And you know, I'm sure some of these guys are gonna be doing some different things. I expect we will see the B five this week on the uh, summer nationals tour. Yes, B five confirmed at a Beaver Dam on Wednesday. So Brandon Shepard's gonna be with us here this week. I talked to Gustin. Gustin uh again before Firecracker, they said they were gonna come do it, but they're down to one car, one engine. Uh so they're getting that repaired to get ready for the northern swing. Kay Dillard is gonna be with us at Beaver Dam and Davenport, and that's it. Then he's going to 
to go back to Robilene and get ready for the Northern Swing. Uh, a couple of the guys, I, I know, I don't know, Bruning is still going to go. I haven't talked to these guys in a while. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Dennis Herb Jr., uh, I, you know, I want to say yes, but at the same time, I don't know with the situation going on with Dennis. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a good week, though. I, I, the only one I can I can almost guarantee you will definitely not see is the 44 Chris Madden because I know after talking to him after his second place finish Thursday, he is going to be on the road with his son pl- watching some baseball. Yeah, definitely. And obviously uh, right now baseball season in full swing, so he'll definitely be with Avery watching that. So, yeah, good to see that. And Madden obviously he's going to get ready to go a long ways from home in this northern swing. But you yeah, know, I, with Madden's consistent finishes right now, I, I think that's – we should speak to that a little bit. He he's sort of found balance. Like we talked to him a couple of years ago, and he was sort of talking about like this, you know, managing touring and expectations, and then being a father and how important it was for him to be a father. And I think with the help that he has now, and being able to go back home periodically and be with his son to play baseball, I think that state of mind that he's in right now is just probably the best we've ever seen it, and it's showing on the track. He's just so comfortable everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's cool, calm, and collected. Uh, that, that's the thing about Chris. And, and when you talk about Chris, like I was at the Illini. No, yeah, I was the Illini. And he said, you know, Ruben, it's just another race. And he just stays calm. He stays focused. He just goes out there and does his job, you know. And that's the thing about Madden. Uh, if there's a night that he messes up, he's going to rebound real quick and uh, get back out there. Yeah, Chris is, is phenomenal. And I, I've always said it. Like, I love the Midwest tracks and I love the Midwest drivers. But those Southern drivers are just so darn good. I mean, you look at Overton, you look at uh, Madden, and, and we talk about all these other Southern drivers, like, you know. But, yeah, Chris Madden, keep your eyes on him. Uh, it's going to be a very – it's been a fun season, and it's going to be a fun season all the way till Charlotte. Well, guys, uh, these guys getting ready for the Northern Swing, and we're getting ready with the Summer Nationals. Weather looks good this week. And uh, you know what? you got to make sure everyone has their Manscaped pack because summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0, baby. Compliment your summer bod with a trim for the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscape and get ready for hot guy summer by going to <laughs> manscape.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code stick signals 21 and also race fans if you can't make it to the racetrack here this summer don't forget a uh, store.worldaboutlaws.com get your fourth of july merch yeah get your patriotic gear the stars and stripes late model tees and hoodies are out late model eagle t-shirt uh, from friday to sunday online only buy any sprint car late model t-shirt for 25 dollars or more and receive 30 30% off any hat purchase. Free shipping, $50 or more, U.S. only. So that's pretty cool. Go to store.worldofoutlaws.com and get your patriotic gear now. Well, race fans, joining us on episode number 20 of Stick Signals is last year's World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series 2020 Rookie of the Year, Ashton Winger. Ashton, you're always a fun character when we get to the pit area. Let's start nice and slow. Before we start talking about the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and all this other stuff, just just give us a just how did you get into motorsports? Uh, well, my mom's dad, uh, so my grandpa, used to race uh, all across the South, and uh, used to race with guys like Mike Head and Billy Clanton, and uh, just guys who were pretty pretty big around our place, and uh, really all over the country. You know, the more and more I find out, but uh, and then my dad's mom. My grandma actually used to race uh, figure eight out in California. And then my dad uh, ended up moving over here because he started to work for Mike Head 
uh, when he was, I think he's at 18 or 19. And then him and my mom met. And then uh, I got popped out somewhere along the way. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that's title. I mean, really, it's, it's funny. It, I really didn't have a choice. I mean, kind of kind of just always been around what we've been involved in. I mean, I never, uh, I say it a lot, but like I, like even growing up and stuff, like I never went to any proms or homecomings or like my life has literally always revolved around racing. Like uh, we've been hanging out at <clears throat> Jimmy Moore's shop uh, ever since the last Hell Tour race we ran. And like, we were on the lake uh, two days ago and I was like, man, I can't remember the last time I was on the lake. Like we're always so go, go, go with racing. So uh, we're definitely infatuated with it. And uh, it's, it's pretty much all I do for sure. Me and my dad, uh, my mom tries to get us, my mom always tries to get us away and get us to doing something else, but uh, it's pretty much just race, race, race. So it's pretty much just in my blood. What was the first kind of race car you got into then? When I was nine years old, I started racing a uh, Bandolero at, uh, Atlanta and uh we eventually branched out to like Charlotte and we went to Texas and uh man we actually even went all the way to Bethel New York one time and raced for literally zero dollars so uh wow. Wow. we uh it's funny actually whenever I started racing Bandoleros uh Shane Clanton's brother Rusty actually was the one like that's what he does is he works on sets up legend cars and Bandoleros and it worked out well because uh, you know, the th Thursday Thunder deal in Atlanta, like it, it was always run on uh, practice Wednesdays, race Thursdays. And then my dad could still go dirt racing on the weekends uh, and do his commitments for this shock deal, whether it was whether he was doing his own thing or uh, whether he was doing his Integra deal. So uh, that's all I did really before I jumped into late models. Like I've, um, you know, I've I've run some like go-kart stuff. I've never raced like a go-kart, but like I've, I've made some laps and stuff, but really the only thing competitively I've ever run is bandoleros. And then we jump straight to super late models. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all kind of, it's funny. We dang, uh, like I've known the Clintons my whole life. And just like whenever I first started racing, like I remember, uh, like there was times literally I'd be 10 years old going up to Charlotte and, uh, you know, wherever racing, and it would literally, uh, like Shane, Shane's brother, Rusty would be the one taking me racing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much where it all started for me. And, uh, now we're wherever you want to say we are. So you started Bandoleros at nine. What age did you get into super late models? So my timeline with, uh, late models has been kind of, uh, all over the place. So I started first making laps when I was 15 and, when I say I jumped into super late models, I really, I didn't jump straight into super late models. I, I was like, uh, I run a spec motor there for a while, which really like that was a lot of, uh, uh, they run like a lot of that stuff down in Florida now. Like you really don't see it a whole lot. Um, really much past Florida, honestly, we, uh, until you get like back up to like Wisconsin, it, it was kind of like with soda racing. Uh, but like most of the places where we were at, like, you know, at the time didn't draw a ton of cars. So we would actually go to like, I'm trying to think, um, like one week we would go to Volusia for like a 3000 win spec motor race. And the next week we would go to like, uh, when Sonoya was red dirt, like a, a Southern all-stars race at Sonoya with uh, a spec motor. So um, that 2015 is when it really all started. And then um, from about 2016 to 2018, I really stepped back and run a lot of crate stuff uh, just because my dad's shock stuff really picked up and he was out on the road all the time. And 
and I joke around, but it's, it, I'm, I'm kind of being serious. Like, uh, I won that 2018, uh, street racing USA touring series. And I mean, honestly, 70% of the time, it was literally just me and my mom going up and down the road, running that deal. So, uh, I had, I, I had a couple of buddies and, and people who still help me today would jump in the truck when they could, but, uh, man, I still remember when there was times where it was just me and my mom going to the races. So, uh, and then I really, I, I, I got some, some help. I mean, I would run super every now and then I had a, a guy who helped me, um, get a really good super motor. Uh, but, uh, could only really run it here and there. Cause you know, laps are limited on those. So, uh, and then 2019, I picked up uh, a ton of help and was able to really focus on my super late model stuff. So, so does mom turn wrenches on race cars then? Uh, she, uh, she likes wiping the car down and stuff like that. But man, one of the things she used to do that helped a lot was dang, uh, she like, she can, she probably, well, she probably could drive our, our hollow. We got now in a straight line, but, but growing up, I had a, uh, ever since I was 12, we had a, uh, it was just, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was, it was a, it's pretty much just a Chevy 5,500 dually with a, uh, like a camper added onto it. Uh, and man, she could drive that thing. Like, like my dad could so uh she would drive the truck and we'd get there and then uh if it was like late at night or something uh you know i would drive it when there wasn't a whole lot of people around where i couldn't you know run somebody off the road and uh whatever but uh yeah that was really uh most of the time i, I did all the stuff to the race car when it was just me and my mom but i mean that really just goes to show how how good my dad is at what he does because um we were still fortunate enough to win even when he wasn't there. But honestly, it was, he had us so well prepared on the crate stuff before we left the shop that uh, really, I didn't have to do a whole lot. So uh, I really think that's just a, a showing of how good he really is. After a Kankakee, I think it was um, your dad. I saw your dad at the, at the loves. We were getting food that night after the races and you weren't there yet. That's when I saw you. And uh, <laughs> he came up to me and he was a uh, very, we were talking and he was kind of very upset. So give me like, like the life lessons that your dad has taught you. Is he the guy you look up to in the motorsports or who is the guy that you look up to? Who's your role model? Uh, it's, it's kind of changed. I mean, my dad's always kind of the guy. I'm, uh, it's weird chasing after you could kind of, I guess say, but uh, as far as like drivers go, I mean, I, I'd have to say like, I always looked up to Clanton cause literally like, an hour after I was born, my dad was out of the hospital going racing with Clanton at the ice bowl. So yeah, I, my dad and Clanton have always been real tight. Uh, and I mean, I've, you know, those guys, like I've looked up to, uh, I remember whenever I was a little kid, I always used to like when Josh would win. And, uh, and then I went on a, a spurt there for a while where I was real close with Marler. And, uh, now obviously with the, us being an MB customs, I've always been, I've actually become real close with uh, Jimmy and Chris Mars and AJ Dable. So, uh, I mean, yeah, my dad's always kind of the one that uh, I guess I'm, it's weird. Like my dad, my dad wants the best for me, for us. So it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, it doesn't really look like it a lot of the times when me and him are around each other, but uh, we're always usually getting after each other because now I'm old enough to where I, I get myself in trouble racing a lot of times trying to grow a brain instead of just driving the car and telling him what I need. So, uh, so it wouldn't look like, uh, I look up to him, but, um, you know, he has always pointed me in the right direction. And, uh, I think I cracked up with Ashley Strimmy after I won at Cedar Lake that, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it on camera, but man, there's, there's not a whole lot of times as far as I go that he's not right. So, uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's my dad's probably the one who I've always you know tried to be like and and go after. But uh, that's just a short list of guys who uh, I've always looked up to, and they, and they've all helped me too a ton in in my racing. So that's one of the things that you know they've always kind of took me under their wing and and showed me the, the I always joke about Clanton because. Uh, if you think you do something the right way, that <laughs> Clanton, I promise, does it a different way, and he's right every time he's going to tell you about it. So uh, they don't call him Big Dummy for nothing. So we interviewed uh, Tyler Bruning on Stick Signals, and we told him to give us a good Shane Clanton, Tyler Bruning story. Now give us a good Ashton Winger, Shane Clanton story here. Oh, uh, man. So I was like, when I first started racing late models, we actually kept my stuff at Shane's place. And, um, you know, there's really only like one or two ways to mount a tire. And, uh, if you ask Shane Clanton that, then there's a third way it's his way. And if you were to ask him that, that's the only way. So, uh, I'll never forget that. Um, trying to think we always give each other hell though. Like when we're racing at Sonoya around each other, I, I think probably my favorite thing was whenever, um, Back in 2019, towards the end of the year, we had actually kind of just announced that I was going to run that World of Outlaw deal. So um, that was uh, his his dad's memorial race was at the end of the year at Sonoya. And he had some, I don't remember, he just had like a weird year where, oh, I think it was when he just started going, uh, like migrating into the, the Bruning ride, the Skyline deal. And uh, I think Madden had left and went to the Bloomquist deal and, and at one time, Madden, like, for three months, went on this tear of, like, he had won, like, every crown jewel. Um, like, he had won, like, it's like the guy had never lost a race, it seemed like. Well, uh, it was funny. They come to him and Madden and Overton and all of them guys come to Sonoya. Like, it was a big race at Sonoya. And uh, it was his Shane's dad's memorial race. And um, it was funny. It was – so we practiced Thursday. Um I forgot, I think Supers practice Friday and then like all the local classes, like did all their qualifying and heat races and stuff. This was like the, the track's big event at the end of the year uh, where they paid more money for every class. And then Saturday was when they just run Supers and then the features for all the lower classes they, to keep the show moving along. Well, it was funny. I actually had to be in, uh, or I was going to be in Austin Horton's wedding and um, it was at like 545, I think. And hot laps at Sonoya was like at 630. Well, it was a Noonan, probably 30 minutes up the road. Well, I, I'll never forget. I went up and I drew 75 out of 75. So I was like, all right, well, that's good. Well, then it ended up raining out and they moved the race to the next day. Well, then Supers had to qualify um, during the day. And the track kind of locked down and got rubbered up. I mean, there's really only so much you can do during the daytime, you know. And, you know, anybody who knows, like, when it gets rubbered up, like, the later you go, typically the racetrack picks up. So I actually ended up being fast time. And um, I think I started – I don't th – I can't remember if I started on the front row with Shane in my heat race or not. But either way, like, I ended up winning. And he running, ended up running second. And uh, we were just laughing because, like, he was telling me, like, if, if we would have went another two laps, like – I would have blown a right rear tire. He was telling me I was driving way too hard or something. And I went over there and peeked at his tire. And it, dude, it looked like he couldn't even go through the pits without blowing a tire. And like mine had plenty left. Well, then uh, in the race, I think uh, me and Madden were on the front row. And then Shane started, I don't know, probably third or fourth row. Well, well, by the end of it, me and Shane were racing each other for the lead. And then we had a caution. And, and Shane actually ended up 
somehow knocking the rear clip off of his car. And then uh, he finished the race and run third. And uh, I ended up winning. And, you know, they do that deal where they get the top three to take a picture with uh, each other, you know. And uh, Shane had not won there for really Shane hadn't won in like a long time. So I would always like all like this was in like September, October or something. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Well, then, like, you know, we raced the rest of the year. There wasn't that much racing left. I mean, it was always Sonoya's big race at the end of the year. The outlaw started in January at Vado last year. Well, it was funny because, you know, from September or or whenever that race was, all the way until we started racing again, like, anytime, I'll I'll always go to Clanton's because he's always having to bail me out for these, like, weird parts that I need that he's got. Yeah. it's funny, we'd always get to going back and forth with each other. And the one thing that I could always say that would just get him immediately on the chip was, uh, I don't know why you're talking to me because the last time you got a picture in Victor Lane, it was with me. So uh, that would that would get him so far. That's probably my favorite my favorite Shane Clanton story, me and him. Was, man, I mean, we're always going back and forth with each other. And, and typically, he's got some some smart ass comment that he can say to me to shut me up. But I always felt like that was, and then uh, it's, it's funny because um, he ended up winning at that tri-county race last year when it was the first race back from COVID uh, on dirt on dirt that they put on their flow put on and, and Shane ended up winning that. And I, I always remember riding home being pissed. Uh, obviously, I mean, I run 10 first off, so I was pissed at that, but uh, then I was pissed because I, I knew that Shane was going to be, you know, whatever. And then when I got home, I think Shane sent me a text or something of just like a winking emoji. And it, it just, I knew what he meant. So uh, that's probably my, my favorite Shane Clanton story. Uh, Jordan DeLucia from Dirt Car is uh, going to ask you a couple questions as well, Ashton. What's up, Ashton? Um, so I know that for a long time uh, or for uh, quite a lengthy period of time there, you had some experience in freight racing. Um, you know, I recently remember talking to another Southeast competitor. He's from South Carolina, Trent Ivy. You know, he was a former crate racer himself before he went and moved into supers. And uh, when he and I did an interview before the, uh, the Dry Dean World Short Track Championship about two years ago, I asked him the difference between what it's like to drive, you know, several years in with the, the crate car or the crate motor in and then just making the jump from supers. So for somebody that doesn't really, you know, know what it's like to make the transition or the jump between the two or maybe who's never moved up to a super, how did that transition kind of go for you? He, he almost, Trent made it almost kind of sound like that, uh, or he indicated that it was actually helped him with his super program by running the crate engine a lot more. Do you feel the same way? So I've actually kind of got, uh, I kind of think that for me, two things happened. One, um, I jumped straight into the, the, like I said, it wasn't really super racing, but I was still racing super guys. So, um, and for lack of a better term, I honestly was getting my ass kicked every week. Uh, not only because I, I probably didn't need to be out there with those guys, but I mean, I didn't have like the motor and this was right around the time the XR ones were coming out and then really took off. And especially in my area, like if you come to the Georgia or, uh, when you get to South Carolina, the South Carolina area, you are, you really kind of see the more like the Longhorns and, um, stuff like that. But really, I mean, in the Georgia area, it's pretty much XR one central. And, uh, it seems like, so, um, you know, a lot of guys were getting those and I was just getting beat really bad. Well, then like I, I moved back down to crate. I say back down, I moved down to crate and um, like I was really good in that right off the bat. And I think that the me starting out in super help because 
Um, I think one of the things that if you've never run a late model, um, I don't really care what kind of racing you do. Like a late model to me, it like, it seems like a late model just moves way more, um, than, than any other car. I mean, I mean, I'm, and I'm saying that obviously I've never driven a sprint car or anything like that, but, uh, like the, just the feel of a late model is so different than anything, um, that, that I've really ever drove. Not that I've drove a lot, but, uh, well then I kind of got to a point where I stalled out there in the crate stuff and, and I was winning like local races, but we'd, we'd go and try to like run these really big crate races. And, um, you know, it wasn't that like, it was just to a point where like I could, the best I could run was probably third or fourth. Well then, um, I had a guy come along and help me and I, I moved back into super here and there. And I always remember every time I'd run super, I'd come back. Like it felt like I'd won one of them endurance lane races at the time or crate racing USA races, which was like a big deal. Uh, anybody who crate races knows that's a big deal. So, um, but then like the longer that I, now that I'm in supers pretty much most of the time, uh, I do pick up on things that I would do in a crate car it really don't help much in a supercar. So for me, the I got to watch how many crate races I run because like like crate racing's awesome for for what it is. Like the as far as being affordable and and um, you know not everybody can just go drop forty to fifty thousand dollars on a super late model engine um, or have the help to like me. Like I can't even do that. I'm just fortunate enough to have awesome people around me to do that. But for me um every time i jump in a crate car like i feel like i'm good for probably one or two races but then like the more and more i run it i feel like it i, I get a little bit worse because there's different i've always said that a super late model is actually like way harder to drive than a crate but like a crate car is so much harder to race because everybody's so even and um you know like really like if you were to run a a crate car at fairbury like i don't really think that that you would do a lot of the same things you would do in a supercar because like, you know, if you get up there in like a really rough cushion towards the end of the PDC, like, I mean, you got to have like, you got to have motor to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I just feel like crate racing is awesome for, for what it is. And, and, but for me, I just, I feel like there's things in a crate car you have to do to be fast. that kind of hurts you in a supercar the longer you do it, if that makes sense. Very interesting. Ashton, let's, let's talk about this MB custom. Uh, the relationship there with you and Jimmy, Mark, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to let this out on, on, the, on the air. My favorite all-time dirt late model driver is Jimmy Mars. And I have a story for that way back then when I met him when I was only like 14 years old in Tucson. But I'd like to know this story. How did the relationship between you and Jimmy Mars come up and the transition to MB Customs, how's that treated you? Uh, well, the, uh, the, it's treated me really well. Um, it feels like home, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I really don't want to get too much into the, 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 the why I swapped or, uh, cause it really, it really had nothing to do with the race cars themselves. Rocket cars are awesome, but, uh, just some stuff has happened. And, um, I, I, I feel like things could have been handled a little bit differently, but, uh, I'm pretty much going to leave it at that. Uh, but as far as the, the NB custom things goes, I mean, they've treated me awesome. They've, uh, you know, from the time that I showed up here for the first time, the Wednesday before I won Cedar Lake was the first time I think I've ever been here. And, um, I mean, these guys have, you know, treated me like family. Even like, I mean, even when I've, even when I've had rocket cars, like I've, I've come, you know, I've been able to come here, um, 
So, I mean, like I said, even whenever I didn't have their cars, they've always treated me like their family. And, and now that I've, I've run their cars a little bit, like, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't really had a, a whole lot go my way while I've been in one of their cars, unfortunately, but I think at some point things are going to turn around and it's going to be a really good pairing. Cause like, there's like literally no MB custom cars in my area. So, um, you know, I, I kind of enjoy being on my own little Island. You know, you, you've showed a lot of speed here on the hell tour so far on that MB custom and you know, you've had some shitty luck and, and things happen, but I mean, you seem pretty comfortable in it. You, you know, you're qualifying good and, and stuff like that. Um, is there anything that you're lacking on the car side of things or is it just sort of luck right at this point? Well, actually, so I, I'm not sure how many people have really kept up with it because it's so hard to tell now, but I've actually only run the MB custom three times on the hell tour. The first time I run it was at Brownstown and I had a motor going south the whole time, actually. And even when it was going south qualifying, I was still third quick overall, last car on the racetrack and second in my group. So, I mean, I, the, the race car is awesome. Um, you know, as, as far as all that goes, it's been, it's been really good to me. Um, and, and like I said, not to, I'm not saying anything at all against, you know, rocket or, or, or any other car brand out there. My rocket stuff's really good. Like when I run third at Sycamore last night, like I was in my rocket car, when I come from sixth in the C main and won it and last in the B at tri city and won it. Uh, and like, I think I got all the way to sixth or fifth at tried, like I literally passed like 35 cars at tri city. <laughs> that was in my rocket car. Like I've got, uh, I've gotten, literally like my rocket car is really good too so i'm not saying anything at all bad there it's just the mv custom thing is just something that's different and um as far as what we need to be better like man i just like i've blown up four motors this year like it just seems like something you know i gotta i just gotta have a little bit of luck there i think and um i think if you ask any driver in the pit area like even to go to your local racetrack and race for a thousand to win or or even you know like crate racing like in like so much stuff has to go right for you to win that like there's all like i mean there's been so many times even on that world of outlaw tour last year that like i felt like i did everything right and still didn't win you know what i mean like so that just shows how challenging all this stuff really is and and the the hell tour is obviously not the world of outlaw or the, the lucas deal or whatever but i mean man you're still racing Brian Shirley, Tanner English, Bobby Pierce, like you're racing guys that like they're going to do they're going to do everything right more often than they're not. So, um, I mean, really, I think that just shows how how well the competition is together. And like I said, like, you know, as far as I go, I think that I probably am going to need, you know, a couple little things to happen and go my way. But even still, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if them things do go my way, that you know, I'm going to light the world on fire like Brandon Overton. You know what I mean? Like I, that's like, I remember watching Brandon Overton growing up and like, he'd literally be like mad and wanting to quit every other week. It seemed <laughs> yeah. like, but now look at him, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's on fire and on top of the world. So, uh, and he's a really good guy too and deserves it. So, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's like this dirt racing stuff is there's so much that goes into it and so many things behind the scenes that people don't see. And, um, like I said, I just think it shows how tough it really is. Well, that's the shit of it, right? Like the other guys want to win too. So even if you do everything right, someone else is out there trying to do everything right. And like you said, man, I mean, the hell tour this year, if you look at, at, at the lineups, like those names are all recognizable. All those names are a force. I mean, it's a very strong field. So it's not like, you know, it, 
it gets looked at sort of sometimes as like a, a tier below the outlaws and everything else. But man, you look at the schedule and you look at the people on it, and the competition and, and the tracks they go to. I think it's right up there at the top, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like I'm actually, this has actually been the week that I've actually been the most excited for. Not because, first off, I don't think that they go to very many bad tracks, but um, like I'm really excited because I've heard rumors about you know guys like Shepard and burning might run it and this week and i'm sure gustin's gonna come run some so like i'm a big fan of just racing the best guys in the country so you know like we could go to the the worst racetrack in the country in my opinion with with lucas or outlaws or whoever and i'm I'm sure it's going to be a good race because of the guys you're racing with so um but no you're right i mean shoot like brian shirley's won knoxville like if like frankie's been hot here lately i mean you don't need to even talk about how good bobby is because that's I mean, he's the household name by now, but, uh, you know, like Unzicker's fast. Tanner English is fast. Like everybody's right there. And, and I, you know, we had Moran the first week and I laughed because like, I think we went to, I was, uh, I can't forget about Bab by the way, but, uh, like I was looking, we qualified somewhere. It might've been Kankakee and like, we were like fifth, but, um, like you look and it was like literally less than a 10th would have been fast time. And then like, look at the guys behind me less than a 10th would have been 20th. So, um, you know, these, these guys on this, this hell tour deal are, are, are no slouch. And, and not only that too, like just the local guys like Fairbury, like, you know, the other winger and, uh, Weaver. And, uh, there's like, there's just so many guys on this deal that are fast and, and they, they know what their car likes. And, uh, I'm just, I, this has always been something I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm really excited. I've at least gotten to start it off. I'm glad you brought this up because the dirt car summer nationals, um, is actually something that I want to talk about, obviously on this podcast, let's talk about, obviously you haven't really felt the true hell tour yet, but let's talk about the challenges that first week you had five races in a row. How, how grueling was that five races in a row, five different tracks, different time zone, the first night, like how, how much of a challenge has it been for you, especially you guys been thrashing with everything, you know, with every, all the mechanical failures you guys had to face. Yeah, hell, I hope I felt the effects of the hell tour because if I haven't, I, hope, I don't know how much you could have got much worse than that first week. But uh, I don't know, me and Suave were joking around about me being the, the new poster child of the hell tour because everything that's happened. And, and I'll be the first one to tell you, too, like aside from like Brownstown, a lot of that stuff is my fault. Like um, the biggest thing I've learned so far is and, and uh, you know, I'm going to bring his name up again, like Brian Shirley, like the first night at Brownstown. So. I blew up, had to start in the back of the heat, got really lucky that I was able to move forward enough to transfer out of the heat. And um, I think we ran eighth. And I was like, I remember riding to Peoria, I think was the next day. And I remember Shirley run right in front of me. And I was like, man, that's all like, you know, like we're right there. We're right where we need to be. You know what I'm saying? Well, then the next night at Peoria, like I didn't do a good job qualifying and got us buried. And then I remember driving up through the field and I run like behind Fager and I was like, all right, well, we're right there where we need, like, we're right there with the guys who are pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when we don't have like the best night, we're right there. So surely whenever we put a whole night together, like surely we can come away with one or two of these things. And then uh, the third day at Kankakee was when I really started trying to reach and get that extra, that extra little bit. And I mean, I'm sure you remember Ruben, like I knocked the entire rear deck out of this thing qualifying. And um, I mean, I still went fifth quick, but like literally like, it, I mean, I'm, I know you were announcing, but like we literally had the rear spoiler on this thing duct taped onto the deck. Like the T-bar <laughs> was gone. Uh, so like 
from Kankakee all the way to, I would say really probably Sycamore. And I don't really know if you can count Sycamore because, I mean, that's just a one-race deal so far. We'll have to wait and see if I can get on a run. But, like, I've really just been doing, like, a lot of, like, stepping on my dick, so to speak, uh, for, you know, you, like, the biggest, like, my dad literally said it four times the past week and a half, I would say, that, like, surely – or Fager, or Bab, or even like even Bobby. Everybody knows how hard Bobby drives. Uh, you know, like even when these guys realize they're they're going to probably run fifth or sixth or, or whatever, they just run fifth or sixth, wipe it off, put fuel on it, and go again the next day. Whereas me, I'm running sixth, trying to get to fourth or wherever, and drive this thing in the fence. And like literally, like Sycamore was our best run probably so far. And what not a whole lot of people know is we were literally up until five o'clock in the morning we had to change rear ends change everything in the right front i knocked the drive shaft and j bar out of it the night before at LaSalle, and this was after i flipped my primary car so like you know i've not done a very good job of of uh, i don't know what the, of, of managing i guess you would say uh you know just taking what's given to me I'm, i've i've seemed to have been going for a little bit extra and and it's kind of hurt me which which is bad because uh, it's kind of a reoccurring thing because I, I remember doing it on the Outlaws last year for 90% of the year. So that's one thing I'm still learning. And, and one of the reasons why I run this hell tour was I knew there was going to be growing pains, and I'm hoping that in the long run it helps. But, um, you know, hopefully we can make it to the end of this deal and, and get some good out of it. Well, if no one has told you, I'm going to tell you this. I, I believe since I started watching you, um, you know, on, on you know broadcast, and then I met you finally at my home track last year at Votto, um, you've improved and matured so much as a driver. So I'm just going to say that you, you, ha you really have, and you've done a lot of racing. So Ashton, wh when did you make the decision? Uh, obviously me and you talked about this back in January to hop off the outlaw deal. And then it, it was just kind of a rough off season for you getting everything organized and ready for a full run of the outlaw season again this year. So you told me you were going to run dirt car summer nationals. Uh, but you, you had a good plan and talk about that plan. You ran a lot in the Midwest to get ready for this. Well, um, Again, there's some things that went on there that I don't want to really talk about because, uh, you know, some people could take it the wrong way, even though it's what actually happened. And uh, just a lot was sprung on me there late that I didn't really expect. Uh, there, you know, the Monday after Charlotte happened, I was uh, told one thing that was going to happen. And, uh, you know, about the whole offseason kind of, strung along like things were were gonna happen and then uh right before Volusia and by that I mean about four days before Volusia I kind of found out through the grapevine that I was I was out of the deal that I was in and and um you know like I said there's some stuff went on there that you know was out of my control I feel like and uh then the the worry became uh see because what's good about the outlaw deal is, is is you get show up money they help you with entry fee and pit passes and and really if you can afford to get started on the on the outlaw deal man the world of outlaw and i'm sure lucas is the same way i'm not i'm not talking about either or here by the way but um man these national tours are like are like they pay really well if you can just get started like for example like if you run 10th in a world of outlaw race it pays two grand well on top of the show up money on top of um, the pit passes an entry fee like that, you know, that can actually go a long way. And then, you know, you're racing all the time and you're racing the best guys. So you're bound to get better at some point. 
So, um, you know, we, we threw on it, like, for example, uh, the truck and trailer that I have now, um, I literally got that truck and trailer Wednesday morning and we practiced at Volusia Wednesday night. So we literally just ended up trying to come up with a bunch of stuff in four days. And by the way, I've had a, I had a ton of awesome people and a really awesome support system to help me do that. Cause I, that was not at all. I mean, I did what I could and my dad did what he could, but like, as far as, I mean, we went down there with one car, but like we went to Florida with like three motors and, um, you know, we went to Florida with one car, but we had enough stuff to where we could rebuild a couple of times if we needed to, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, we went down there to Volusia and, and obviously I'd run the year before. So like I had provisionals and if I absolutely needed them and, and everything was, it was honestly one of them deals where I was just telling myself, like, you know, a lot of people still got it way worse than me. Like if I can just get started, like maybe, maybe somebody will come along the way and help me finish it. You know what I mean? Um, and even if they don't, if I can just run well enough along the way to, you know, maybe I can at least just keep it going by myself. Well, um, we went to Florida and the first night of Lucia, I broke a motor. And so that started whatever. Well, then like me being me, I was just like, well, hell, whatever. Like, you know, we still got more stuff in the truck. So like, let's keep going. Well, then um, I actually had a buddy down there who let me run his car. And I come from like 26 to 10th the first night. So like I was still like, that was still pretty good. You know what I mean? Given the circumstances. And then um, I think we got rained out the next night. And then the last night, um, like I said, I went down there with one car and um, I ended up getting, I, I was running to the back, I think. And I ended up getting into a wreck and it was like a bunch was going on in front of me. And long story short, I end, I don't really know how it happened, but I ended up getting hit in the right rear and hooked into the fence at Volusia. And you're moving pretty good there. Well, then I killed a car. So we left. We went to a buddy's in Tampa. And, like, we were honestly, like, me, like, I was I was honestly probably about done then, if we're being honest. Well, then um, – I remember looking at the outlaw points and I was like, man, we're, we're really not even one whole race outside of being the points lead. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that I was in any way, shape or form expecting to win the outlaw points or whatever. I'm just saying like, it was still a lot can go on. You know what I'm saying? So I went to East Bay in another guy's car who offered me to drive and like down there the whole time. It's like bad luck just kept hitting us. Like we, um, the first night, like, I think we missed the show by one. We really just weren't very good. And then the second night, like, I was leading the B main, and um, I think I, I think I, we, like, broke a trans, we lost high gear or something, and I, something happened. And then the next night, I was, like, leading the B main or something and got put in the fence. And then I think I made the fourth night. And uh, the fifth night, like, I remember, like, I was racing with Shep and somebody else. And then, like, we just got crashed in turn three for, like, fifth in a heat race. And so that was on Friday, I remember. And then I was like, all right, I'm done with East Bay this week. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? We're on to Volusia. Well, then we went to Volusia and uh, the we got like the motor and everything changed in my car. We got my car fixed uh, back as well as we could. And then boom, eight laps at uh, Volusia the f uh, first night, we broke a motor. And so it was just like, man like i think it's time to back up and punt well then um you know from, from then on like i we we had 
we had talks with a guy down there. One of the main people who supports me was down there in Florida and we had talks with him and he was like, man, what if you guys just, you know, kind of went a different direction here and raced and, and looked at the summer nationals deal. And, uh, I think the one thing about the summer nationals that, that kind of spooks people is, is, uh, it, like you race so much in such a short amount of time. And, and honestly, there's not very many people like me or, or even my dad, for example, that are, for lack of a better term, stupid, because like, if like, I'm telling you, like I've literally ripped this car in half, probably 80% of the summer nationals races. And like, it's literally nothing to me or him to just put this thing back together and go try again. Um, and then I do the same thing the next night. So, uh, I mean, we'd be mad about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, you know, like we ain't quitters, you know what I'm saying? So, and I mean, what I've said the whole time, like until I run out of parts on the trailer, like I'm going to keep going. So, um, I mean, for God's sakes, we literally used to drive to Bethel, New York to raise bandoliers for $0. Like being out here eight, 10 hours away from home, ain't really nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that that's really kind of everything that happened with the world of outlaw deal. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put the pieces together to, to try to make another run at that deal next year. But, uh, obviously that, that takes a lot. So, um, you know, we'll wait and see how everything plays out. But, uh, my first goal obviously is to get through really pretty much just the next race of the hell tour, but hopefully the whole hell tour. Do you think with the hell tour being such a like constant barrage of racing, do you, do you feel, I know that you've only been on it for one full week and then last week, obviously a bunch of weather, but do you think that, that maybe you get in sort of a rhythm with racing like that, that might be more beneficial than um, like running an outlaw schedule where you have weeks off at a time and stuff like that. What I'm saying is like you get into a routine and it, it, I would feel like it would come to a point where you, you just, you're head down and you're racing and, and that's just what you're doing and th- limit distractions. Absolutely. That's, I mean, for me, 100%. I mean, if you're a statistics guy, go on my website and look last year, whenever I run the best in the world of outlaws. And that's when we went on that three month swing. I didn't go home for like two to two and a half months where, uh, from Lernerville all the way to Thunder Mountain, I think was when it was, if you go look at that, like we raced a lot of times in that span. And I think a lot of it was trying to make up for the COVID and, and this and that, but, but from, from around actually you know, I, I think you can actually go back to jackson minnesota now that i think about it and all the way to thunder mountain and if you look at that that's the best i've ever run like in anything like 2019 like towards the end of the year like i was winning a lot of races in my area but in 2020 like from that period of time was probably the best i've ever run in my career because we were literally top five every night it seemed like top five to top you know, I don't even want to go as far as say 10. Like, I think it was like top five to top seven. And this was when like, like I remember last year at like Superior and Beaver Dam and places like that, like a bunch of the Lucas guys come over. Cause I remember like Owens was running with us some, um, I'm trying to think of, I, I just remember Owens coming to Superior and Beaver Dam, but, but long story short, like we were racing the outlaw schedule, but it seemed like a bunch of Lucas guys come over and we were like, top five top seven whatever the whole time and and we were racing like night after night after night and and like i said now there was times where like i literally was still doing like what i'm doing now like driving in the fence and and just doing dumb stuff not taking what's given to me but um like i said even with that stuff happening we were we were you know running top five to top seven so uh, I, I wholeheartedly think that, you know, the more you race, the better you're going to get. And the more you race in a condensed amount of time, you know, you like I, I had somebody tell me, um, I think it was Randall Chupp. I don't know 
uh, anybody knows late model racing knows Randall Chubb, but, uh, he told me one time when he first started racing, uh, and like he would go and run second to like Scott, um, you know, he'd have like family and friends there and, and they would all be like mad at him for running second to Scott. And he's like, man, you guys don't understand like how good that guy is. And that, like, this was probably back before I was even born. Honestly, I don't remember the timeline, but, uh, he's like, you guys don't realize how good that guy really is. And, and all this and that and the other, he's like, man, that guy's been racing for 10 more years than me. And, and if you just say that he made a hundred laps a year more than me, well, over 10 years, that's a thousand laps. And I think if you ask anybody in the pits, you know, no matter what they race how much they can learn in a thousand laps. I mean, that's a lot, you know what I'm saying? So if you, you can figure out a way to condense that and, and make that a, a night after night thing. And, 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 and honestly, for me, like I'm different, like, like I, I learn, I've learned just as much in winning that outlaw race at Cedar Lake or the big races I've won as as I have like tearing up, like, you know, that's, that's where I've been lucky enough to have the support system I do that I can. Uh, I don't necessarily have to. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I go out there with the intention of tearing something up, but I give 110% every time I go on the racetrack because that's just how I am. You know what I'm saying? When that gets me in trouble a lot of the time. Um, but again, like back to what you were saying, like the night after night thing, like it, it is a gruel and it is a grind. But man, when things are going your way, it's like, like you never want to stop racing. Like I, I promise Brandon Overton would race around a Dairy Queen parking lot right now for a free ice cream sandwich if he could right now. So Yeah, but then he but he, then he'd win all the ice cream and there'd be no ice cream left for anybody else. Run down the road to the Sonic and start racing for slushies. I mean I'm any I'm telling you, I'm sure that you know what I'm but you get what I'm saying. It's like that in anything. Like if you're doing good in something and and now obviously if you're if you're tearing stuff up and, and doing like me, like I said, everybody's not as stupid as I am to to just go put it back together and go again. But uh when when things are when things are going good, it's it's really hard to to not want to keep going. I mean, it's just it's just true passion, and it goes from when you started as a little kid, and you know, out here with, with the late model world. Um, let, let's talk about the Dirt Car Summer Nationals coming up. You just you're coming off your best finish of the season so far, and that was a night where you actually put a whole night together, Ashton. You actually started good. You know, you didn't bury yourself in the beginning of the night with any mechanical failures or something. You know, that, that happened. You actually started good. You finished good. What tracks are you looking forward to here upcoming on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals? What tracks catch your eye? Which tracks kind of are going to be a challenge for you? Uh, well, Beaver Dam's number one on the list because not only is that the first one, but uh, that was probably the worst ash chew and I got all year last year on the World of Outlaw deal. More than Cedar um, Lake? Yeah, yeah, more than Cedar Lake. I'm, uh, the, the worst, the worst ash chew and I got all year last year was definitely from in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. So um i'm looking forward to that uh who yelled at you schumann uh no that was my dad okay we uh that's <laughs> gonna say schumann won't be there so my dad's one of them guys that like uh that was learnerville by the way <laughs> yeah that was learnerville uh, that's right that's right my dad's one of them guys that like if there was ever a poster child for the definition throw somebody to the wolves that's literally gary winger um <laughs> so last year when Overton, Owens, and Shepard were all going back and forth between, you know, number one driver in the country. I mean, surely to God, like, you know, you're racing Shepard every week. So you're like, man, that's definitely the number one guy. You know what I mean? Well, then, like, as the year progressed, it seemed like, you know, Overton threw his name in the hat. But over the summer, Owens really picked it up when he always does. So the story of Beaver Dam was, was Owens rolled into Beaver Dam. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, he's here, like, 
he's going to make you better. You know what I'm saying? Like just the whole nine yards. So we go out to Beaver Dam, fast time overall. And then um, my heat race, I started on the pole with Dennis Herb. And I went down into one and way overshot one. And Dennis Herb crossed me and drove by me. And then I threw a, a monster slider on him in three. And then got the lead. Uh, I in three like two or three laps, I had like a half a straightaway lead. Like I, my car was really, really good. And I honestly coming off turn two there in the heat race. I mean, if you watch any Shepherd interview or anybody really, he'll tell you you got to win these heat races or, or be up front, start up front to be competitive. You know what I'm saying? So I remember looking left to my stick guy, Colby, at the time, and Colby's arms were out as wide as they possibly could be, meaning, you know, stick signals podcast. Surely to God, you guys know that's, like, good. Uh, <laughs> well, then all I remember was, uh, I like, the wheel kind of tugged, and so, like, I, like, wasn't paying attention, and I looked around, and, like, before I know it, like, I was literally headed for them billboards in turn three. Like, right front in the wall, like, it was bad. Well, then, like, I look up, and I'm I'm six. Like, I just drove in the fence by myself leading this heat race checked out. Well, then I end up getting to uh, – I don't – you know what? Actually, I, I remember driving back to third with the right front knocked off, and I drove in the fence again and then fell back to sixth. And then I, I remember I, uh, I won the B main, started – 17th or 18th or something and run like seventh or eighth i don't remember but uh all i remember is dude my dad me and my dad literally didn't talk for two days uh he was so mad like he's he's one of them guys like if the baddest guy in the country is there like he wants to like he wants to be amongst them he wants to be competitive and and we really should have been and and we weren't because i'm an idiot you know what i'm saying so um beaver dam's definitely number one on the list this week I'm really excited for Davenport because isn't that the quarter mile? Yep. I've always really, really struggled there. And I really enjoy going to places that I struggle at because, you know, so it makes you better. Um, that was probably the number two ash shoe and I got all of last year was Davenport, Iowa. And then uh, I don't where do we go Friday? We go to Juliet, Rent 66. Yeah, that place looks that place looks really nice. I'm Looking forward to it. Actually, that Fayette County on Saturday is like I've literally wanted to race there ever since I went with Marler back in like 2016. So that's like that's actually like that Macon and Fairbury were like the three I had circled in red. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then Lincoln, I'm really excited for because I was actually earlier there earlier this year uh, for just a 3000 win after we got rained out at Wheatland and was racing with Shirley for the lead in the heat race and broke a spool in the rear end. So all these tracks this week kind of have not had a whole lot of very good memories except for uh, the two that I haven't been to. But, uh, shoot, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm 21 years old and get to ride up and down the road racing and, and hang out with people I like to hang out with. So I don't really think it gets a whole lot better than that. That's pretty cool. Ashton, I mean, the thing I love about you, we ask you a question and you give us like a whole answer and I love it. Um, you make our jobs easy. Uh, last thing, let, let's get away from the racing just for a little bit. Give us like a little bit like hobbies. What does Ashton do? I mean, if you have time to do anything else, I feel like, you know, you dedicate your whole life to racing, which I feel you because I'm the same way. But what are the things that Ashton does when he's not in race, you know, in, in race mode? Dude, honestly, like I, this might be an answer you get from some people, but like, it's not a lie for me. Like, literally all I do is race um like that if I'm not racing like I'm like I would literally just have to say like stupid stuff like like anybody who knows me like if I'm not racing like I'm probably like driving to like cook out in the middle of the night 
to go get like a milkshake or something or, or some just something so stupid that like you would think is not a big deal but like to me like that's like my getaway from racing you know what i mean so uh, like i don't really ever go to the beach i don't i mean i would like to get into hunting and fishing and stuff like that but like literally all we do is race so uh i mean not to give you a you just said i could give you a whole answer i can't give you a whole answer there because literally all we do is race so yeah, that's awesome no, i mean and that's why i kind of like said I, I feel like you really don't do much because i you know you're always in the zone you're always you know wanting to race and you always want to improve and that's cool um ashton final thing um the supporters people that you'd like to thank uh there's a lot of good people so first off uh, mike collins and his family it helped me out a ton this year. It got me out of some, out of some bonds. So I'm, I'm really thankful for them. Uh, Super K Express, Tony and Megan, they helped me out a ton. And Andy, uh, Johnny Dome Plumbing, the Waldrop family. Again, anybody who knows me knows how special they are to me. And uh, Jimmy's like, Jimmy, honestly, if something ever happened to my mom and dad, I'd probably be headed to Sefner, Florida to, to live with them or to uh, New Orleans to hang out with the Collins family. That's That's probably the... The two uh, families there, uh, you know, obviously MB Customs and the, the Mars family and everything they've done, and VP Racing Fuels, Basel Oils, uh, you know, my dad, uh, my mom, my cousin Will, he's one on the road with me this year, helped me out a ton. Uh, DeKalb, FK Rod Ends, Kaiser Manufacturing, Farmer Tree Service, Mills Concrete, Colin Signs, uh, Simpson, uh, Burt by Buddha. Uh, off axis paint, Will Wood, Crown Security, uh, RSD Enterprises, Boy Bill, Colin Signs, uh, Kaiser Manufacturing, Integra Shocks. They do a, a shit ton for me, honestly, like a shit ton. Uh, Stealth Carburetors, American Pie Pizzeria, uh, the Realty Queen and Team, um, just everybody. Like, there's so many people that that help me and they don't realize that they do uh in the ways they do so i'm i'm really thankful and uh like i said the best way i can describe it is is that if it wasn't it, if it wasn't for all them people i wouldn't be able to to ride up and down the road and and be the 21 year old i guess it, i don't know if i'm still a kid or not but to be the 21 year old kid that i am and and, and ride up and down the road with, with people that i love to hang around so uh i'm really thankful for that and uh you know, see if we can go knock knock some wins off this hell. Yeah, now that you turn twenty one, we gotta go hit a casino as well. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe we can win nine hundred dollars. So me and Ashton have a little inside joke. It's not really an inside joke, but I posted on Instagram one time when I won big at a at a casino in Michigan. I say big, but it was nine hundred dollars. <laughs> and uh I just made a voice nine hundred dollars and Ashton <laughs> just imitated me every time. So that's always the thing. So yeah, Ashton, you know, thanks for being you. Thanks for racing. And it's just awesome to see, you know, younger generations like us up and coming in the sport, especially you as a race car driver. So thank you for racing. Thanks for being who you are. We're glad to, you know, have you on the Outlaw Tour last year, being the World of Outlaw Rookie, now having you on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals this year. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. And most importantly, we thank you so much for joining us here on Stick Sick. I, I appreciate all you guys for having me and for all you do. I wish you guys would keep the camera off of me, though, when I do stupid shit. 
Ah, uh, man, Ashton's a funny guy. One of the best personalities you'll meet in, in the pits of Dirt Lake Model Racing. I gotta love Ashton, one of the young and up and becoming stars. But guys, uh, let's wrap up episode number 20. Uh, this weekend on this weekend, weekend, I should say, on Dirt Vision, you're getting what your money's worth. Wednesday night, Dirt Car Summer Nationals continue at Beaver Dam Raceway. Thursday, Super Dirt Car Series, the Land of Legends, Liberty 100. And then the Summer Nationals at the Davenport Speedway in Davenport, Iowa. And yes, we're racing the quarter mile, baby. We're back. Uh, Friday, Summer Nationals at Juliet, Illinois at the uh, Route 66. Uh, Dirt Oval at Route 66. The NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars at Cedar Lake, night one of the Independence Day Spectacular. Attica Raceway and Williams Grove Speedway. Saturday, Summer Nationals return to Fayette County Speedway. That place never disappoints. Then the Sprint Cars are at Cedar Lake for night two of Independence Day Spectacular. And then Knoxville on Dirt Vision. Sunday, Summer Nationals at Lincoln Speedway. While you're popping fireworks, don't forget about us on Dirt Vision. Have us in the background. Buy a little projector. Put it on there. Y'all know how to do it. Lincoln Speedway on Sunday night. And then next Tuesday, Super Dirt Car Series at Ransomville. And then Dirt Car Summer Nationals at the Knox County Fair. Uh, the first of four brand new tracks on tour for the dirt car summer nationals thank you all so much for joining us here in episode 20 we hope you had fun we had fun uh, it's always fun to bring these episodes to you race fans join us next week for episode 21 show a friend this podcast as you know bring bring your friends family coworkers. tell them to listen to this podcast it's fun we hope you're enjoying it and again we'll see you all next week have a great weekend everybody and a safe fourth of july we'll see you next week 